Good morning and welcome to the Transformation Gold Podcast. I'm your hostess, Nicole DiVincentis, aka FigureChick911. Up on Instagram at FigureChick911 and YouTube as well. So I got some stuff for you today. We're going to be going a little bit deeper and we're going to be getting into more of the mindset training that you need to adapt in order to move yourself from your current position light years ahead. Whatever that means for you, you as an individual with your health and fitness, you as the leader of a family, you as the leader of a team, of an organization, uh, of your community, and maybe for some of you, even world leaders. Okay, now here's what it looks like. I want you to think about your current position. Whatever this is, your financial position, your health and fitness position, the relationships that you have with other people, the relationship that you have with yourself, the relationship that you have with God, you know, blow this up even bigger. Are you living within your purpose? And when you're looking at your position, we call this triaging your position, like where are you right now? Are you living in thrival mode or are you living in survival mode? Survival mode is just that. (laughs) You're just doing what you can do, whether it's the bare minimum or you are burning and spinning your wheels and you're just trying to make it through another day. You open up your eyes first thing in the morning and you're working and working and you're working and you're working and then you go 18, 20 hours and then you collapse into bed at nighttime. You're like, whew, I made it through another day. Are you there? then you're in survival mode, as opposed to being in thrival mode. Thrival mode is you stepping outside of that insanity to take some time and do some strategic planning and then implementation on how to change the trajectory of where you're moving, where your family is moving, your organization, etc. Okay, which one are you living in? And are you even living in the thrival mode? Like, are you receiving the fruits of your labor? So there's always like three, probably like three levels, if you would. There's the survival mode. There's the middle ground where you're working towards thrival mode. And that's kind of bipolar because you're living two different worlds at the same time. And then you're moving into thrival mode. But in order for you to see results in your physical environment, you see more abundance in your income, in your cash flow, in your bank account, in maybe even some of the material things, not that you're buying on credit, okay? Things that are congruent with the lifestyle where you, what you have achieved in terms of your income production or thrival mode in terms of your relationships, thrival mode in terms of how you feel about yourself, I mean, this applies to anything. It starts with a mindset before you see it in your physical environment. And this is really why it's so imperative for you to have, number one, very clearly defined goals. You're going to hear me say this over and over and over and over again. And you'll hear a lot of other people say it too. And there's a reason why we're so emphatic about this is there really is no Let's recreate the wheel and there's some secret special sauce and how you can be able to move forward. You have to know exactly what it is that you want. 
And when we put this, let's put this into financial situation. When we say, okay, what's your goals? What are your financial goals for this quarter or for the rest of the year or for this week? Okay, like you want to be that specific. You want to be putting yourself on a timeline. Okay, for you to say, uh, I want more money. That's not specific. Because if we were to like put that down to a technicality and it was you and me sitting at a table and I pushed a penny across the table towards you, you technically have more money. You're laughing right now, but it's totally true. You technically have more money, but that's actually not what you meant by that. But by your being so incredibly vague, you failed to put a number on it. You failed to identify and report exactly what more money is to you. So clarity of goals is essential, okay? And what I'm going to suggest for you to do is not look to your left and right and see what do your parents expect for you to produce? What does your brother produce? What do your friends produce? What do you see on social media with people who are living the big life or reporting this life that they're living, which we know most people are not? What do you want for yourself and for your family? that's going to be able to put you in the position to serve and lead them at a higher vantage point. Now I bring up the issue of money on purpose because for me, I'm gonna step you through some of my process here. For me, the biggest challenge really internally was a financial one. For me, academics, being you know great in school, Honest to God, that really wasn't a challenge for me. I'm just, I'm one of those people, like, I'm just that kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can read some stuff, I can remember it, I can take tests, like all that. So really, you know, I'm not saying that to, to be conceited or whatever, but that's just the reality of the fact. Like, school was never an issue for me. The thing that made school so difficult was time issue. So if this is your first time on our podcast, you know, I come from like, <laughs> everybody's got their history, right? So I grew up in the household where we had my stepdad who had cancer. And when you're in a household like that, and put this in the context of your own situation, um, things are crazy. And for us, money was always an issue. Money was always an issue. We had three family businesses that we ran, because obviously when you have an illness like cancer, it's very expensive. Um, he used to be a construction foreman um, for road construction. And then ultimately what happened is he was sick so frequently and then had chemo and blood transfusions and all this stuff that nobody, like he, he cost his job so much money. They were just like, you know what, dude, we can't keep you here anymore. <laughs> so he was ultimately laid off. But even before that, like we always struggled with money. Cancer care is like ridiculously expensive. And we put up three family businesses. So all of us in our house worked at some point or another in one of the three, or in my case, I, I worked in all of the three. And that took up a lot of our time. And for me, school wasn't difficult. It was, we had so much family responsibility that school was kind of like just this other thing that I had to do. But I liked it. I liked it because school was actually an opportunity for me to escape 
some of the drama and the chaos and, and the pain which was in our household. Does that make sense? And I love to learn. And I was taking classes which I really did like. Like I'm a science and math geek. So, you know, anything that had to do with, you know, <laughs> free calculus, calculus. I love geometry. I love foreign language. Like the only subject that I really didn't like, to, truth be told, was history. And I learned much later that it wasn't the subject, it was how the information was presented. Like I just, in that, I, did, I just did not only really give a shit. Like, <laughs> it, like you can't change history, it's just there. It's, it's, there was never any movement forward. And so I, I just didn't like it. I'm the science and math girl. But what I'm here to tell you is that when it came to finances and I took economics in school, I wanted to learn about that. I understood kind of like the inner workings of business and that you have to make money. But in our family, and this is not meant to be an insult to my family whatsoever, is we never stepped outside of survival mode. We were literally just trying to stay alive. You know, we always had a house, um, a place to live. We always had heat. Um, by the grace of God, we actually ha always had food. We had very generous neighbors who, we, I don't think we ever asked. They, they just saw our need and, and they filled it. And we used to get kind of like the leftovers from the high school, which was in town. And, you know, we had food pantries and people um, who were friends who would just, you know, drop off bags of groceries for us. But we never stepped outside of... Oh my God, let's just get to the end of the day. And so this past summer, I was with my mom and we were just, we were in a pool and yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, yeah, you float in the pool and just kind of talk. And she said, you know, this is weird. I always felt like we should have been rich. What happened? <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, you know what? I said, I think we just had the wrong information. But nothing is set in stone. Like as you go on and as you learn and you meet different people, you begin to grow. And one of those areas for me personally was moving from survival mode into thrival mode. And that it's an active process and it begins in your mind. That first of all, you have to have your Houston, we have a problem moment okay that's like when the anvil falls up on your head and you're like playing like whatever I'm doing right now clearly is not working okay so I went through school a little bit about my history I went through school I went to nursing school I actually put myself through nursing school working full-time and um I mean, I worked my ass off and it wasn't until now. So now I'm in my 40s. I'm looking back over the course of, you know, how many ever years and what I failed to realize at the time, but it just seemed normal to me was that I was actually not only supporting myself, but I was actually supporting my then boyfriend who was in school, full paid from his parents who received, he also had like, um, I guess like an expense account, like he would get, you know, money to spend from them and he had a credit card from them. And I was still supporting him as well as myself. And so there was this period of time, um, I, I went on to become a registered nurse for which I, I worked for many, many years taking care of like the sickest of the sick patient. And it was a very good, strong, solid source of income. But along the way, I realized um, that this was, this was not where I was meant to stay. 
Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but the income potential didn't seem to make sense to me because in order to earn more, I had to work more and that actually required more time. And I just got caught up like in that wheel where everybody is like in order to earn more, you've got to spend more time at your job. And that was not what I wanted to do at all. I actually always have wanted to be, I call it a stay at home mom, but I don't, my definition of stay at home mom doesn't just mean like you're just sitting home doing nothing. In my world, what I'm saying is I want to be the one who's able to raise my children. And I want my children, I didn't want them in a daycare center. I want them to have my values. I want them to have my work ethic because I didn't like where the world was going. So as a nurse, I made a very, very, very powerful decision that the model that I was in was not going to serve me well. And it wasn't going to take me and my, you know, invisible family (laughs) to the destination where I wanted to take them. And it wasn't going to set a good example for my younger brothers and sisters. It wasn't going to set the right example for my nieces and nephews. Like I wanted to be sure that moving forward, I did something that was going to change the trajectory of my family. And I knew that it was going to require a different version of myself in terms of this whole financial sector because there was so much change which has been happening in the world over the past like 20 years. I know this is crazy town. But I also knew that I was getting older. So right now I'm in my 40s and I haven't started a family yet. I knew I was going to have to have full command of my health because I don't know about you. I mean, there's days when I'm so flipping tired. I'm like, shit, I don't even know what the hell I would do if I would have kids right now, but I'm glad that I'm in as great of health as I am because for me, that literally makes age a non-issue. Like I know the rhythms and patterns of my body. I know when I have the most amount of energy. I know what I have to eat in order to maintain the energy. I know when I need recovery time. Like I'm so dialed into that. So for me, having that mindset shift from what I'm doing right now is not working, I want to be over there, I knew that I had to get more knowledge from people who were over there. I was not going to be able to correct my current situation by taking advice from people who had never done a dramatic shift and who were stuck in that day-to-day of working at a job. And please do not take, I I mean no disrespect for this. Like my job now as a business owner is actually to contribute to the economy and create jobs for other people. Because I know full blown, not everybody is built the way that I am. Not everybody is wired the way that I am. And for the longest time, it was really hard for me because I always felt like I didn't belong. There was something fundamentally different Not because anybody ever did anything to make me feel like I didn't belong. It was my mindset and like my aspirations and goals and dreams. It was like they couldn't be contained in this little area which where I was. And it wasn't until I then was introduced to the world of personal development. And this is going back into like the early 2000s, mid 2000s when the economy took a, a major, major dump. 
And I was so glad to like, holy shit, like there's other people out there who think just like I do. And that allowed me to step from that survival mode into thrival mode. But what I'm here to tell you is it's not always just this straight little line. Whenever you're advancing yourself, and this is in terms of your mindset, but then ultimately in your execution of the knowledge that you learn. Okay, so how you operate as a business owner as opposed to a sole proprietor, as opposed to an employee, is markedly different along the three. Does that make sense? And in order for you to be able to do that, you're doing the action steps. It's, it's like a graduated process. And if you looked at it from long distance, like you see you're at point A and you want to go to point B. So from a distance, success and your growth is linear. However, it's more like Google Maps or if you any sort of like nav system or satellite or GPS or whatever, you zoom in and you realize that the straight line that you saw on like the distance part of, of, your, of your travels, it's not a line, it's actually this squiggly thing and then you get on the road and it says, you know, stay to your right and another 300 feet, you're gonna make a very sharp left-hand turn. Do you know what I'm saying? That's more what success and goal attainment is actually like. You get in there, with your full ass, <laughs> you get the shit beat out of you sometimes. But it's so important for you that even when you get beat down, which you will, and I know nobody wants to hear that, but this is why it's imperative for you to have a crystal clear goal and remain focused on it. Because if you look to the left, look to the right, or you're worried about what's going to jump in front of you, you will never have the mental stamina, the endurance, the tenacity, the relentlessness in order to be able to just like, just like steamroll over that obstacle. You're going to operate from a place of fear and you cannot do that. But that's really that fear aspect. That's what governs you and rules you when you're in survival mode. When you're in survival mode, you are worried about outcomes. You're worried about what's going to happen when the other shoe drops. Whereas when you're in thrival mode, you are ready for anything. It's the difference between survival mode is being underwater and then trying to like paddle and, and tread water to get your head up and you're like, <gasps> right? And you're so like exhausted. Whereas thrival mode, it's more like your head is above water and yeah, like the water is deep and you know, there's waves and tides and all this stuff, but you know that the water's gonna settle and your head's still gonna be up. That's the difference. And when you're making that mindset shift, it's a decision. It's a decision for you to have that Houston, we have a problem moment. And from that point on, when you recognize that your current situation, whether this is financial, whether this is your health and fitness, whether this is the culture of your organization, of your business, however this applies to you and your life or your professional life, it's for you to be the one to raise the standard and say, we're not doing this anymore. 
because we've done this over and over and over and over again and the years are just kind of like you know the calendar pages are flipping by and we're in no better of a position than we were the last time and it's the, it's the same results over and over and over and over and over and over and it's so frustrating and you get beat down and then you're disappointed and you're thinking like this is just how it's supposed to be and it's not it always comes back to you to be the one to decide we're not doing this anymore. But that is a huge point for people because I know that when you're surrounded by a lot of other people who just accept things as they are, this is the life that's handed to me, this is my job that was handed to me, this is just how it is, that it's really simple to get caught up in that wheel of complacency and it has this downward spiral effect. It's like being dropped into a funnel and you're going down, down, and then you meet more people who are complaining about their age or they're complaining about the husband or the wife and they're complaining about this and you just go down, down, down. And then no matter where you look, you attract what you are, not what you want. You're just surrounded by a bunch of, excuse my language, negative fucking broke dicks who do nothing. There's no aspirations to climb out of the situation because they're fearful. What do you have to give up in order to be able to move up? And not a lot of people are willing to make that sacrifice. I know, right? And maybe that's you. I don't think it is. You wouldn't be on this podcast if that was you in your heart of hearts. I would venture to say that if you're on this podcast, you're in the place of, holy shit, (laughs) this isn't working. What the hell do I do now? And I'm here to tell you as a living testament, like you can absolutely do whatever you set your mind to, but it always starts with Houston, we have a problem, allowing your head to come up over the water and then establishing your goals. What are the goals that you have for yourself? Okay, what have you accepted up to this point? What have you accepted in terms of how you allow people to treat you? What have you accepted in terms of yourself and your current health and fitness? What have you accepted in terms of how you talk to yourself? Hmm? What have you accepted in terms of your performance at work? So it always comes back to your being able to surrender your ego. That's the next layer of it. In order for there to be change, you have got to be humble enough to recognize this is a problem over here. And yes, maybe some things have happened in the world, but I still am the one I drove myself here. The question is now, what am I going to do to change the situation? because you're never going to be able to push other people to create change. You changing yourself is a full-time job. And the more you do this, and I know there's people out there who are nodding their head like, oh my God, it's totally true. Like the more you learn about yourself, the more you learn about your weaknesses, the more you learn about your strengths and how they're often your greatest weaknesses at the same time. At the end of the day, you're like, oh my God. I think I'm just a giant asshole. (laughs) Until you get into your stride 
And then you realize, you know what, okay, I made these steps. This is what's worked in the past. Let me do that again, but in this other area. So for me, it was stepping over into what for me was ultimately a financial situation. When I was working as a nurse, I knew, and don't get me wrong, as a registered nurse, and at the level to which I had put myself in terms of knowledge and training and experience, I would never in my life be void of work. I had freaking recruiters calling me literally every day. And then as email came, like they still to this day, they call and they text and they email me and they're contacting me on LinkedIn. And I say that not to impress you, but to impress upon you that I put myself in that spot because of my work ethic and the clarity of goal that I had in that space, which was actually to be the best provider regardless of licensure. That was my goal. And so as I went along and I was working in different areas, ultimately what had happened was that I had trained with a lot of physicians. I worked in a teaching hospital and I was you know, overseeing some major um, programs, one of which was a, a neuroendovascular program. And so I had to learn about neurosurgery and the inner workings of the brain. And I didn't have a nursing report to person. It was just me and then the director of the service line. Like it was crazy. What started happening was my level of excellence in patient care was a given simply because I worked at a place where opportunity was like in massive abundance. There literally was no issue in terms of gender. Whoever was the best was the one who got promoted or put into a space. So when I came out into the rest of the world and I was just like, what the hell is everybody's problem? I learned about gender bias and it was new and I didn't like it. So I just, you know, kind of continued doing my own thing. But it, it ultimately was a problem for me because I never understood why people were willing to compromise or make exceptions or promote other people because of this, that or the other or why they were so jealous like this was part of the problem. But anyway, working as a nurse is that I was working extra hours for different temp agencies and you actually make a lot more money that way. But again, working all this extra time, what I learned was at the end of the year, I filed my taxes. All that happened was I got put into a higher tax bracket because I made more money and it pissed me off. It pissed me off because I saw people in the tech world making bank and from my end, it seemed like not that they were maybe putting in less hours, but they weren't facing the same occupational hazards that I was. They weren't dealing with the potentials of being exposed to TV. Yeah, like germs, all right? Or some of like the resistant bacteria that we're exposed to. They weren't exposed to the violence. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I got pushed into a wall I remember this one time I freaking, it was like a, a left hook right into my sternum. <laughs> they wanted to check me in after that because this lady, she hauled off. I, I've been bit. I've had um, knocked in the, in the jaw with my teeth cracked. I mean, like all kinds of stuff from working in the environment. And it just seemed to me to be completely unnecessary. And at the same time, it was a, a brutal shame because... I knew what I brought to my industry, but ultimately between that, 
between having discussions with physicians outside of this one particular university who were ultimately intimidated by what I brought to the table, it was, it was not, it was like every single day you have to go through and have a discussion and establish trust with these physicians and get them to see the other side of the coin. And more times than not, they had never even heard of some of the treatment modalities that were part of our normal day-to-day at the place that I came from. And so every place that I went, it was like I was hitting a lid. And it was so incredibly frustrating because that's not how I'm built. I am literally built as one of those people where you put something in front of me and once I commit to it, I build it to the maximum. Like I make it as big and as bold and as awesome as it can be. And instead of finding reasons why it doesn't work, I'm bound and hell-bent and determined to make whatever the weak point is a fucking strength. I took that same motion and I did that in nursing. Believe it or not, for those of you who know me as a clinical nurse, um, I actually, my, my weak points were actually the nervous system. My weak points were IV insertion and pediatric care. And it pissed me off so bad that I was so horrible. Not, I was horrible at the neuro system, horrible at IVs. But peds, I was kind of so-so. And I wanted to be the best at everything. So I worked my ass off and made each one of those my, my ultimate best. And that's what I became known for. But it was that same mentality that I took over into the area of health and fitness. Okay? Now, for those of you who don't know me, I actually, I know that I'm pretty fit right now. And I think, I don't think I actually know, I'm in much better shape in my 40s than I ever was in my teens and my 20s. But it was that aha moment. This is not working. Nobody in my family gives a shit about their health. This is not working. This is not moving in a good direction. We're going to have to do something different. And so I embraced that. And then through the years, built my health out and now actually have a company which does health and fitness training. And it also operates in the personal professional development space because one fuels the other. So that's the business model that we're running. But here's what I'm going to tell you is that along the way, I had terrible eating disorders because my focus, my goal was to look a certain way. It was the aesthetics. It wasn't on performance of the machine. It wasn't even on fueling the body so that it would perform in order to be able to do so that it would look something. It was, how can I cut calories? How can I restrict so that I can get rid of all this extra fat on my body? And through the years, it was horrible how my weight shifted up and down like a freaking yo-yo and the psychological ramifications of that and being called names. And I mean, it was just like a whirlwind of, of horribleness. And it wasn't until, again, recognize the fact that this is not, this is not what I want for my nieces and nephews and for my invisible family, which hasn't arrived yet. (laughs) Okay, I wanted to do something different for them. Every single one of us is a role model. Every single one of us is a leader in some capacity. And when you open up your mind and you realize who is watching you, it's your younger siblings, it's your students, it's even your peers. You have a level of influence. If you are built 
with goals, you are influential in some capacity and you're either going to build people up or you're going to be the cement shoes that pulls them down. But I'm here to tell you, when you are making that decision to step out of that box and do something different, which may violate family tradition. I come from an Italian family on both sides. I was adopted into an Italian family. And on my dad's side, everybody has cardiovascular disease, like all the men. Okay, now my dad's been very, very healthy. He was, I think, really for me, a very, on a subconscious level, a strong example of what health and fitness can do. He's the one that introduced me to who Arnold Schwarzenegger was. <laughs> I was reading uh, that encyclopedia when I was young, young, young girl. My dad was doing stuff. He had this inversion chair um, that people use for yoga. Like you, you, it's almost like an inverted squat bar kind of. Like you put your head down and then your legs are up in the air. Like he had all kinds of stuff. He ran marathons, he lifted weights. He would do all kinds of, of stuff like that. And I remember him lifting up the back end of, he had a Chevy Citation and he picked that thing up one time. And that was his influence on my life. So he, uh, in contrast to the other, the men in his family, he's been, you know, very healthy. He's actually come through cancer um, with, you know, stripes and stars because he refuses to, like for him, when he got diagnosed with cancer, like that was not, it was more of an inconvenience. There's other things that he wants to do with his life, places that he wants to go, things that he wants to see, people he wants to spend time with, where that diagnosis came up and he was just not going to have it. This is a different mindset. On my mom's side, it's now in the later years where cardiovascular disease is really coming up. It's always been there, but for the most part, it's the women on my family, on that side of the family, who don't really do any sort of uh, proactive preventative care for themselves or haven't up to this point. And so for me to step outside of those boundaries and not sit there and have, you know, plate loads of ravioli or all of this bread, like it was so completely different that it didn't go well <laughs> at all <laughs> when I first started making healthier choices. And then of course came the fact where um, I, I actually required gluten-free. And so then there was this whole level of education that came along with that and trying to teach them what gluten actually does to my body and they didn't want to hear it and they the they as listeners were not ready and in an open space on how to be able to do that I had to learn how to be able to communicate with people but also use my skills of triage that I I acquired as a nurse to be able to determine do I have a ready listener in front of me or not and in the beginning I did not have ready listeners I had people who were in survival mode and all of a sudden Nick is causing a problem and she's not wanting to eat managot and she's not wanting to do this and now she's causing a problem. And so it has taken a long time to massage the relationships, but to groom my communication skills and by stepping and slowly changing things to be able to get people to pop their heads up and see exactly what's going on. 
But in order for that to happen, I had to step out of that box and put myself now in the spiritual realm. And I needed a higher authority in order to be able to communicate with my family about what was happening on the health front. And by this point in time, I had stepped outside of the role of nursing. So I was opening up my own company and doing all kinds of things. And for me, my family knows me as somebody who's very goal oriented, but it had tremendous financial impact on me and it caused them to be in a state of panic. So I couldn't even share what the hell was actually going on because all of these people, little did I realize, was that they counted on me to be the help. The solid rock, the help that the help calls when the help needs help. Like that's how I view myself, that's how my family views me. And when they saw me, like I got the shit kicked out of me my first year into business, and again, it was my own fault and my own you know, doing, I I couldn't even tell them what the hell was going on. So I actually started taking what I was learning from a Bible study and from different teachers and developing some writing skills up on social media. That was the next level over there. So now when I get into those places where I'm meeting a lot of resistance, I don't sit there and try to just like charge through anymore. Now I have this built-in device where I throw everything up to God and say, you know what, I need your help right now. <laughs> I, I'm not praying for patience. Don't do that. Uh, Jesus, please take the wheel. And, and your, your kids down here are, are actually driving me freaking crazy. Show me what to do. And he will, he will usually handle that situation. But it wasn't until I had goals in that area, which was ultimately to surrender my life to God and let him, you know, take the wheel. And I'm, I'm just the vessel through which he speaks. But in every area, what I'm telling you is you have to know where it is that you're going. If somebody had told me that, Nick, in order for you to have a better relationship with God and in order to be a better, I guess, representative of him, or in my eyes, there's a woman in the Bible, she's the Proverbs 31 woman, in order for you to embody that and be like her, She speaks with kindness. She speaks with wisdom. I'm sure she does not use F-bombs. I still, you know, do that from time to time. But in order for you to get there, I'm going to have to take you through a lot of shit. (laughs) I never would have done it. If I knew what was coming up against me, I never would have done it. I heard from people like when you go into business, you're going to get the shit kicked out of you, this, that, and the other. You know, I knew what it was like to face tremendous amounts of physical and mental challenge in getting ready for bodybuilding shows. I'm a figure competitor, so I knew what it was like to take your mind and your body to the extreme. What I didn't realize was getting to know God, like for me, the path that I took, shit man, (laughs) that's all I gotta say. Like I can't believe how, how low I actually went like how, how I must have been like one of his most trying cases. That's all I can say because I went down to like the pits of nothing. But even in that situation, I knew that what I was doing, and I'm not saying that to scare you. Not everybody needs to have, you know, as extreme of teaching as apparently I did. But <laughs> But what I'm saying is that even while I was in it, I knew that I had made the right decisions. 
Does that make sense? Because it resonated with who, with what was inside of me. Even though there was worry, even though there was outright fear, I wasn't making decisions from a place of fear. I was still making decisions, even though we're talking like oceans away from where I am, my final destination is, when you're making change, you have got to make change and make your decisions like you're the person who's already in the possession of that goal. And it's making decisions from a place of peace and power, which is thrival mode, and not from a place of fear, which is survival mode, which is scarcity mode, which is essentially victim mentality. This is happening to me. Oh, woe is me. This is happening to me. As opposed to, this is actually happening for me. Where is the opportunity in my obstacle here? What am I going to learn from this situation over here? You're always going to learn from something. Okay? Now, I'm not saying unplug your life and just act with reckless abandon and just think that the universe is going to take care of you. You still have to show up. You have got to be consistently executing on what is essentially your plan to move you from point A to point B. You're going to fall down. You're going to have unexpected things which are going to pop up. But it's always how you command yourself and the person you choose to be during those times. You always have a choice. Now, you're going to get fatigued. I know that I do. I know that sometimes I get either so tired. When you're doing internal work, you actually require more rest because the inside of you is changing at such a high velocity and it's such an extreme measure. It causes a lot of stress on your body. And so you actually require more rest. You allow you require more time for your receptors for we'll get into this later, your stress hormones, you need more time for those things to actually clear because there's so much which is actually going on. Those are things that people don't actually tell you. So if you're finding that as you're making these changes and the changes that you're making are starting from within before you're able to actually see things in the material, you know, actual like physical world in front of you that you're exhausting out, I want you to know that you're not crazy. Okay, <laughs> It's just that stress comes in either through your senses it's through you know physical activity mental stress you know when you're changing your mindset it's a it's a it's a serious thing in and of itself it's a whole different animal and so sometimes you need periods of rest and so you have to get to know your rhythms and you have to know how to regroup because you can't afford to stay out of the game for two weeks Sometimes things come along and you feel like you got the, the wind taken out of your sails and you're, you're moving to a new goal and you know somebody will come up and tell you, they'll just say one sentence and it like completely deflates you. And then the next thing you know, you're just sitting there and you're feeling so shitty about yourself. You're questioning whether or not you're actually making the right decision and you're in such a foul mood that it can take you literally out of the game for like two weeks at a time. That happened to me a long time ago. So this was like, I don't know, early 2006-ish, 2007-ish. And it was when I was very seriously 
trying to figure out how the F I was going to get out of the nursing game. I knew nursing was never going to be long term for me. I just didn't know what it was that I wanted to do afterwards. And so for you to try to plan a future without having a vehicle or without knowing what the end thing was, it was hard for me because for me, nursing was a calling. I never wanted to be a nurse, but to make that that mindset shift from working in an industry and in a profession and in a vocation where I was serving people at a very, very, very high level and I was in their lives at unquestionably the worst time of their life. I worked emergency and critical care on the ground and up in the air. So, I mean, I was always around like the worst possible times. Like I felt that that was such a privilege and I knew based on the fact that I never wanted to be a nurse, like there was a moment where I was just like, you know what, I'm going to be a nurse. I know that that was God's hand on my life and it was a calling and I never expected to love it as much as I did, even though my mind in that game was like, you cannot stay here, girl. Number one, you're meant for greater things. Number two, this is not this survival mode as this is, this is not where you want to be steering your family. There's got to be a different way to do this. And it was very, 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 very hard to make that step over from what is essentially the survival mode into survival mode. Does that make sense? And as I was doing that, I was talking with my family and my friends about, you know what, business ownership and there's these different opportunities and you know, there's some network marketing things and I cannot tell you, like I was so excited about this opportunity and there was other people out there who thought how I thought and it was like one sentence out of their mouth and it was like having a balloon pop. And then the next thing I know for like literally two weeks, I was so shitty. I liked my mood, everything inside of me just felt so darkened and dampened. It was awful. It was absolutely awful. And I know what that's like. I remember what that's like. What's going to happen is that as you increase your circle, and the great thing now is that you have the internet and you've got social media that you can be very selective on who you choose to follow the legit people who will help you with your transformation. The people who helped me have that right mindset, like they're ready and they're right out there. So they're going to be your artificial community, if you would, if you don't have anybody in your physical space. And as you go through training with them and with us, you are going to fundamentally change inside that what will ultimately happen is that the negative people that you're around now will ultimately fall away from you. And if it's your family, you're going to operate differently inside that space. They're not going to be lashing out at you. They're not going to be trying to actively pull you down after a while. It's, it's, it's like you're walking with a legion of angels around you. I don't know how else to explain it to you. They treat you different, but you also carry yourself different and you command a higher level of respect. And then what happens is that that new level of person that you have become, you start attracting other individuals who are at that level now. So you've graduated to a different vantage point, a different level of caliber of individual. Does that make sense? 
And so as you're making that transition, I'm in survival mode, I see where it is that I want to go, you've got to walk the path and make that decision. How I'm living right now, accepting things as they are, not taking the initiative, and then wondering why the people that you're leading are not making progress, nothing in your family is ever changing. It's because you're sitting in the muck and the mire with them. You've got to step out of it and give them a hand up. You're not going to be able to help them out of that situation when you're in it. No different than me as a nurse. I couldn't help you out of your situation if I sat there and got all emotional and was crying and like, oh my God, this is terrible. This person had a heart attack. No, what did I have to do? We have to respond to the situation. We have higher knowledge. We have higher experience. We have higher skill sets to be able to discharge our emotions from this crisis right now and be able to do what we've been trained to do so that we can positively impact the person that we're working on and the family. And it's the same model when you're developing yourself as a person, whether you're moving your family in a state of finance, whether you're moving your, your, yourself, your family in the state of health and fitness, you're changing the culture of your organization. I mean, this has application to your personal and professional life, as well as, you know, relationships, your romantic relationships, your business relationships, the relationship you have with yourself, the relationship you have with God. It all is intertwined. And that's why it's essential that you work on yourself. And when you have that Houston, we have a problem moment. That's so important because that's literally your head's coming up above the water. (gasps) Holy shit. Okay. (laughs) And that's a moment of clarity and a moment of peace for you to embody that power and realize, you know what? We can't stay on this track anymore. This isn't, let's kind of just shift things a little bit. This is a, we need to pull the plug on this and put the train on a brand new track and move from here. And I'm here to tell you, you can 100% do it. It doesn't matter where you came from, all right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the current situation. It doesn't matter your current circle of influence. What I mean by that is those things are how they are right now. But just like if you are a piece on the chessboard, you advance. I'm not staying here, I'm moving my queen from here to here. I'm moving the rook from here to here. It's the same thing with your life. But it starts with that mindset shift of survival mode does not serve me well. Survival mode does not serve my business well. Survival mode does not serve my family well. We need to move ourselves first mentally into the place of abundance and thrival mode and then make all decisions moving forward as though we're the people who have attained that goal already. (sighs) Deep but exciting and you can 100% do it. So if there's anything that myself, my organization can do to serve you or your family or your organization, please contact us directly. You can go straight to our website. It's the Transformation Gold Coaching and Training Academy. So it's transformationgold.org. Everything that we do is scaled for the individual, for the group, 
for the agency level. We conduct live seminar training. We've got technology now, so we have full global reach that we can obviously do Skype, we can do video conferencing, we can do FaceTime webinars, we've got online tutorials, online courses to fill the voids and help to grow you, grow your family, grow your organization. Okay, so it's been an awesome, awesome, awesome privilege to have you here on tonight's podcast, on this morning's podcast rather. Again, this is Nicole DeVincentis. I am the owner and the founder of the Transformation Gold Coaching and Training Academy. Let's go out there. Let's make it a great day and carpe our damn diem. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.